Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. God purposefully created us with an emotional intellect that allows us to feel, experience, and respond to the love, grace, and mercy of the gospel. To not utilize this same emotional capacity in our worship would be a massive disservice to Jesus, who is worthy of every offering we are capable of bringing him. God has gifted mankind with the beautiful gift of music, and when we put his truth into that and participate with our whole emotional capacity, the melodies deliver God's word straight into the deepest parts of our soul. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Worship, prayer, reading your Bible, serving others, and attending church regularly are all practices that we as followers of Christ strive to incorporate into our daily lives. It is through building habits like these that we are able to stay firm in our faith, trust in God, and live the life that He calls us to live. These habits will help us cast aside anxieties of this world so that we might experience more of the peace of heaven. In this series entitled Holy Habits, we'll focus on developing these holy habits for our lives so that we might have a deeper connection with God. Please enjoy the message. But not true. It's basically a kind lie. And I've watched over the years as some hit worship songs have been released, and unfortunately, they have some flattering lyrics. And I'm going to explain what I mean. But the issue is that when the church sings these songs, we're essentially singing lies about God to God. And when you put it that way, it's pretty brutal. And then the lies of these lyrics are subtly dismissed under the guise of kindness. Because it's the kindness of the lyrics that makes us feel good, right? We say it's kind and loving, so it must be true about God, right? Not necessarily. See, flattery is not actually a new issue in worship. In fact, the Israelites in the Old Testament struggled with it as well. In Psalm 78, it says, They remembered that God was their rock, the most high God, their redeemer. Right? They had pure intentions. They wanted to worship God. What does it say? They flattered him with their mouths, and they lied to him with their tongues. I recently watched a YouTube video, and the premise of this video was that they had two songwriters from a very popular Christian artist group. And they gave these two songwriters the rand- uh, lyrics to random songs. The lyrics were really short, usually a few words, a sentence, or a line. And the two songwriters had to guess whether the lyrics, get this, were from a worship song or a love song. Now, they got most of them right, but they got a few of them wrong. Isn't that crazy? They had a hard time distinguishing the lyrics from a secular love song, from a worship song for Jesus. Can you see how thin the line gets between truth and flattery? Even further, can you see the importance of why the object of our worship must be Jesus? We all listen to music. We all have our Spotify and Apple Music playlists that we like to listen to. But I want to give you one question that you can apply right now as you leave this place. 
to ask about the worship songs on your playlist that will bring your worship back to the truth. And that's this. Can I defend the lyrics of this song with the truth of Scripture? In other words, if I filter the man-written lyrics of this song through the divine, inerrant word of God, what will come out the other side? The result might shock you. So we've established that worship must exalt Jesus, proclaim the power of the gospel, and be saturated with God's word to be truth. But there's another variable in the equation of biblical worship. Jesus also instructs us to worship in spirit. Now, we might wonder what Jesus means by spirit even more than we wondered what he meant by truth. It's a little vague, right? Well, the meaning of this word spirit in this passage is actually subject to a little bit of debate. Depending on the translation you're reading from this morning, the word spirit in verse 23 could either have a capital S referring to the Holy Spirit or it could have a lowercase s referring to an individual spirit. This is because ancient Greek had only one form of each letter. So the capitalization here is a little ambiguous. But the general consensus among scholars and the view that we're going to take today is that this refers to our individual spirits based on the context of this passage. Okay? So we can confidently define spirit as the immaterial part of the inner person that can respond to God. And today we might refer to this as our hearts. Right? If you go through a breakup and say you're heartbroken, or if we say, you hurt my feelings, we're referring to our spirits, right? It's the part of our being that can respond to a vast range of emotion. But I want to be clear here, if we take this definition, worship in spirit is not done apart from the Holy Spirit. The spirit that worships in spirit is a spirit that's transformed by the Holy Spirit. Whew! Said that five times fast, right? Paul says in Philippians uh, chapter 3, verse 3, Believers worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. In other words, when the believer's spirit, which is transformed by the Holy Spirit, is fully engaged in worship, they're worshiping in spirit. See, to worship in spirit is both a conscious decision of the individual and a work of the Holy Spirit. So our third key worship principle today is true worship must originate from a transformed heart motivated by our love for God. That's what it means to worship in spirit. Now this worship from the heart can express itself uh, in a couple of different ways. One of these ways is emotional passion, right? Every single one of us experiences some form of emotion at any given moment. Every Sunday we carry into this room the weight of emotion, whether it's good or bad. And we've witnessed a lot of loss recently at this church. We had somebody in our church named Sue Thomas pass away recently. She's a great member of our church, very valued. We miss her dearly. And so I can imagine many of you coming into this place with grief and heartache. Others of you may be in a season where you're just experiencing an abundance of the Lord's favor. So you come to church full of joy and gratitude. See, all of those emotions, good or bad, are offerings to God. And worship is the opportunity to offer them. Paul says in Romans 12, Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. 
And zeal and fervency here are an enthusiastic, intense, passionate, and emotional pursuit of the Lord, and it's got to involve our entire spirit. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. Another way that this worship expresses itself is through physical expression. Show of hands, how many of you grew up at a hand-raising church? Hand-raisers unite. A few of you, okay, we need to work on hand-raising, you people, all right. How many of you did not grow up going to a hand-raising church? Oh, wow, I'm shocked, that's crazy. Okay, we will work on that, you guys, all right. Yeah, I know, I get it. Much, a lot of you are internal processors. That's okay. And you know what? There's a comedian named Tim Hawkins that can help you with that. He's, uh, he's got, I, I don't know what he calls it, but it's like, it's like a progression of hand-raising, right? So we come to church, music's rocking. We start out with the elbow, elbow flap. I've got the elbow flap. It's all right, we're working. We're getting warmed up. Then you, when you're ready, you go to carry the TV. We're going to carry the TV. You want to do big screen? We can do big screen TV. That's cool too. Big screen TV. Hey, when you're ready, we can go to, uh, my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can, you can bring it out here. That's okay. Woo. That goes really well into my favorite, the Mufasa. The Mufasa. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Then the lyrics to the bridge hit, and we go to goalpost, baby. Goalpost. Woo! Double heartburn back to goalpost. You know what I'm saying? So we'll get you there. It's okay. It's okay. But in all seriousness, okay? <laughs> we will get you there, okay? In all seriousness, you might be wondering, why do we raise our hands during worship? Well, my first answer would be because it's biblical. Consider this smattering of scriptures I have for you here. So I will bless you as long as I live. At your name, I will lift up my hands. Psalm 63, verse 4. Lord, I cry out to you all day long. I spread out my hands to you. Psalm 88, verse 9. Lift up your hands in the holy place. Bless the Lord. Psalm 134, verse 2. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. Lamentations 341. Okay? So this is a good biblical precedent, but we might still ask, why do we do this? Because raising our hands in worship is a physical action 
of giving that offering to God. The emotions that we bring with us into worship spill over into our actions when we are met with truth and the Holy Spirit's guidance. See, maybe for you, lifting your hands to God is surrendering a situation to Him that's been giving you anxiety for months. Scripture says, cast your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Maybe you lift your hands because you want to pour out your praise and thanksgiving to Him for all He has blessed you with. Scripture says, enter His courts with thanksgiving and His gates with praise. So to put all this together, here's one question that you can ask yourself before you enter a time of worship that will help you worship in spirit and assist. What am I bringing as an offering to God? All right, what am I bringing as an offering to God? So we know what it means to worship in spirit and to worship in truth, but these are not either or components of worship, but they're both and. And so if we have neither of these, there's no worship happening at all. But what would it look like to worship in truth, but with no spirit? This type of worship is very mechanical. It's rigid. It's formalistic. This type of worship is not new either. In fact, the prophet Isaiah prophesied about the Jewish leaders in Jesus' day on this exact issue. In 29.13, he says, The Lord said, These people approach me with their speeches to honor me with lip service, yet their hearts are far from me, and human rules direct their worship of me. See, Israel had become a nation that worshipped by tradition, and the truth before Jesus was the law, and they checked the boxes of everything they needed to do. They completed the right tasks, they said what needed to be said, and they moved on with their life. There was no heart. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're here because that's what you've always done growing up. You just came to church. You come and you're a spectator rather than a participator. But God is looking for your heart. And worship is the opportunity to surrender to him. From the 18th century to throughout the 20th century, this truth with no spirit mentality permeated the Western church. Okay, It still exists today. And one evangelical pastor of one of these churches said the following, and I quote, I often wish that we wouldn't sing or have music, but that I could simply see and say the words that express biblical truth. I don't like being distracted by the emotions that rise up in me when we sing to musical accompaniment. End quote. Here's the thing. God didn't create us to be robots and just chant mantras of scriptural truth with no emotion. God purposefully created us with an emotional intellect that allows us to feel, experience, and respond to the love, grace, and mercy of the gospel. To not utilize this same emotional capacity in our worship would be a massive disservice to Jesus, who is worthy of every offering we are capable of bringing him. God has gifted mankind with the beautiful gift of music, and when we put his truth into that and participate with our whole emotional capacity, the melodies deliver God's word straight into the deepest parts of our soul, and God is delighted in our worship. Truth without spirit is just dead orthodoxy. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. 
I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. Now the flip side of this coin is, what does is, what is worship in spirit with no truth look like? Now this is a form of worship that people seek out just for the chills and thrills of the experience. But all the feelings vanish the moment they leave that place of worship because there was no truth that took root in their soul. Guess what? This type of worship is not new either. The Israelites again went astray with their truth in Exodus 32. Aaron took the gold from them, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into an image of a calf. Then they said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of it and made an announcement. There will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow. Early the next morning, they arose, offered burnt offerings, and presented fellowship offerings. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to party. The spirit is there. They were ready to party. They were ready to give all different kinds of offerings to this gold calf. That's the issue. It's a gold calf. It's not God. The object of the Israelites' worship was so far from the truth. You see, to worship inconsistently with what is revealed to us in Scripture ultimately degenerates into idolatry. There's a current movement right now within the charismatic community called the Word of Faith Movement. And this movement was formed by highly influential leaders and pastors in the charismatic community. And um, they combine elements of Orthodox Christianity and New Age teachings of mysticism and all this stuff. And so when you jumble all this together, the result is their belief that Jesus has given every Christian the ability to literally create miracles with their words whenever they demand it. The churches affiliated with this movement are generally known to be a little more expressive with their worship at the expense of sound doctrine in the word. Unfortunately, a lot of big worship artists affiliate with this movement and some of this shaky theology starts to make its way into their music. Now hear me out, I'm not telling you what you should or shouldn't listen to or who to listen to. All I'm saying is that we as believers, we really gotta be discerning about what we're putting in our ears. 
and whether or not it lines up with the Word of God. And hear me out, I'm also not saying it's bad to be charismatic. I think we could use a little more of that in here, don't you think? Yeah. All I'm saying is it's okay to be charismatic as long as you got a seatbelt, all right? And the seatbelt has got to be the Word of God, amen? Spirit without truth is worthless passion. So at this point, you're probably wondering, what happens when I do both? Well, the answer is right here in the text. True worshipers are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. True worshipers encounter God. If the Father seeks those who worship in spirit and in truth, then we'll surely find him in a moment of true worship, right? It's that simple. That's the heart of worship. This is what God has wanted with his people from the beginning. Communion. A mutual loving relationship. And he gave you a son on a cross so that you can participate in that relationship. So if you came to this church to be entertained, you will not encounter God. If you came to this church to spectate instead of participate, you're not going to encounter God. If you came to this church out of tradition, you're not going to encounter God. If you came to this church for the thrills and the chills, you're not going to encounter God. But I promise you, if you come to this church every week with a genuine offering from your heart to surrender and truthful worship, I promise you, you will encounter God. And there's a world of people outside these doors that need to encounter God. Jesus. The truth. But you know what? It starts right here. Because a mission without a strong worshiping community is just a personal cause. So I'm going to give you a few things that you can do right now at Valley View to help us become a stronger worshiping community. The first thing is this. Participate in our weekly worship. Listen, all this starts with us practicing what I'm preaching today. Prioritize being here on Sunday mornings. Move from being a spectator to a participator. God wants your heart, and there are a million things in this world that are fighting for it. So please come to church and participate in worship. Another thing is, Attend our quarterly worship and prayer nights. Starting in August, we're going to have a bit of like a quarterly rhythm of these worship and prayer nights. And our next one is Wednesday, August 2nd at 6.30 p.m. Everybody pull out your phones right now and put it in, all right? I'm not going to be mad. You can use your phones for the next minute, so make sure you do that. We're going to have child care for infants through five years old. And apart from that, this is a great opportunity for you to model and teach your kids all of the principles that we've talked about today. This one's going to be outside at the gazebo in front of the mountains. It's going to be beautiful. Last but not least, consider joining our choir. We've got a contemporary choir that we're still working on starting up. Um, and it meets every, every couple of months for a special time of worship. And Seriously, it's literally a group of people we've transported from down there to up here. That's all it is. But it just amps up the spirit in this place. 
It's easy to join. It has a light commitment. And if you're interested, you can write down your contact information and your interest in the choir on a connection card and drop it in the offering on the way out. You can email me, whatever it is. But you know what? We need your help. We cannot do this by all of you being spectators. We need your help to move this mission forward. And it starts with a strong worshiping community. Let's pray, and then these guys are going to lead us in spirit and in truth. Father, we uh, come to you this morning, and we're grateful for the truth and the instruction that you've given us in your word to worship you how you like to be worshiped. And so we just pray that, um, God, help us to practice these things, not just on Sunday mornings, but throughout our weeks when we're at work, God, may we worship you in spirit and in truth. We love you and we want to honor you. Lord, so open our hearts and allow us to pour out our offering to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.